Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever it is you're listening to this, good day to you, and hopefully you had either won, you're winning, or you have a shot of winning your week one matchup in fantasy football. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a few items. First being, we're going to recap the injuries from yesterday. We're going to dive into the waiver wire options that we can look at in the upcoming week, players that might help your team down the road, whether it be this upcoming week or down the road in bye weeks or to help your team completely and find that gem of a player on the waiver wire. We're also going to look at a few things we may have learned yesterday, and we're going to close it with a little discussion on what to look for in the big two-game slate over on DraftKings if you play DFS. So let's go on ahead and dive right in. Let's look at the injuries. We lost a few players yesterday with the big injuries. That's a common theme, it seems like, losing big-name players, especially the last couple years, to injury. Football's a collision sport. Injuries are going to happen. These players are going full speed. They're putting their lives on the line every Sunday, and injuries are going to happen. You just hope you avoid the big injuries, and especially for us fantasy football owners, we hope that our players don't get hurt, and that is unfortunately something that happened to a lot of teams yesterday. Um, players that let's, let's first take a look at the players that already missed yesterday. Prior to the game, they were ruled out. We had Sonny Michelle, the Patriots, with a knee injury. Will Fuller of the Texans with a hamstring injury. Devontae Parker of the Dolphins with a finger injury. And Carson Wentz missed with a knee injury that he still suffered from last year of the Philadelphia Eagles. Of the players that missed, missed time yesterday, left in-game. Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jags with a hamstring injury. Delaney Walker with a lower leg, Tennessee Titans. The Seahawks, Doug Baldwin with a knee injury. Tennessee also lost, Mark, Mar- saw Marcus Mariota leave with an elbow injury. The Buccaneers saw their speedy wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, go out with a concussion. Carolina lost a couple key members on both sides of the ball. Luke Keekley and Greg Olson both left the game yesterday. Uh, Olsen with the foot injury, Keekley with a knee injury. The 49ers saw Marcus Goodwin leave. And the biggest one of the day was Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk a little more about that um, after we talk about the other players. But that was the biggest name was Aaron Rodgers leaving the game yesterday. Fournette's the biggest name outside of Aaron Rodgers we saw go down yesterday. That hamstring injury is something that might keep him out for a week. He says he's going to play this upcoming week, but he's questionable going into week two. Um, Delaney Walker, unfortunately, sounds like he's likely out for the season with that leg injury. That's a big loss for that Tennessee Titans offense, especially if you add in the Mariota injury as well. Week two is questionable for Mariota, but Walker out for the year is a big deal for both the Titans and a lot of uh, fantasy owners of Walker. Baldwin said he went into week week one not healthy, about 80%. That's never a good thing. But being that you probably used a fairly high draft pick on Baldwin, that's a big loss. You never want to see a player that says he's already hurt go out in week one. And he's questionable week two, but it sounds like he may miss time. We'll have to keep an eye on him moving forward. Like I said, Mariota's questionable for week two. We also have a questionable tag on Deshaun Jackson and Goodwin. Both players, uh, Goodwin came back, but... He's still questionable for week two. And Jackson with a concussion, that's a scary thing just because he has to pass the NFL's concussion protocol now. So that he cannot get on the practice field until he passes that, which if he can't get on the practice field, obviously he can't get on the field on Sundays to help your fantasy team. Keekley and Olsen are two big injuries for the Carolina Panthers and likely your fantasy team. If you have the Panthers' defense, Keekley out is not a 
premier thing for you to see have happen. And Olsen on that offense is a big part of that offense. Players like Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey rely on Olsen in the passing game to open other things up. Sounds like both players are going to miss a substantial amount of time. They're saying Olsen's going to miss an extended amount of time. Is that the season? I don't know. But Olsen injured the same foot that he has had uh, an issue with in the past. That's never a good thing to injure the same foot that you've had in the past. Aaron Rodgers, going back to Rodgers, he left early yesterday with the, uh, with a hit from Khalil Mack, the newest bear, who that be, Mack made an impact in that game early and often proved that the Raiders were not smart getting rid of him and the Bears were absolutely a genius to trade for him and make that defense back into whatever. But speaking of which, let's go back to Aaron Rodgers. Didn't look good leaving on a cart. His facial expression made it sound like, made it look like that he was going to be out for an extended amount of time. And being that he's missed missed part of last season with an injury, you never feel good about Aaron Rodgers on the ground, grabbing a knee, grabbing ankle, whatever it was. Yesterday it was a knee. Um, but luckily for Packer fans, luckily if you're an owner of Aaron Rodgers, and simply if you're a football fan, period, Aaron Rodgers did come back in the second half and led his Green Bay Packers to a win against the rival Chicago Bears. But that's an injury we want to keep an eye on because Rodgers goes, the rest of the team goes as Rodgers goes. If Rodgers isn't in the lineup, the rest of the team is obviously not going to play the way they were. And there's a lot of stars on that team with Rodgers under center. Without Rodgers, they're probably average, mediocre players beyond that if you lost someone yesterday um a few options we can look at for the waiver wires uh if you're looking at a running back you let's say you you have fournette i think your top priority is grabbing tj yeldon even if you don't have fournette yeldon's going to be one of the top options to go after this week and again leagues leagues are different so some of these players may not be available in your league depending on how competitive your league is depending on the number of players that your league has some of these players may already be gone but some of them may still be there so these are just some of the players that might be in your league that i'm going to be looking at in waiver wire to make my team better to help an injury that I may have suffered in week one or prior to week one. It's just going to help my team down the road and try to win those championships in fantasy football. So let's look at running backs. Like I said, if you have Fournette, I think you have to go after Yeldon. Um, beyond Yeldon, you can look at Tariq Cohen of the Bears, Matt Breda, Philip Lindsay. Um, Lindsay had a great debut for the Denver Broncos. Austin Eckler looked good in the Chargers. Aaron Jones sitting out the first couple games for a suspension, but he is an option that the Packers do love. Jamal Williams is the starter there, but there's a very easily easily can have Aaron Jones take over that role once he comes back from the suspension. And you can look at both Colts, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. That offense with a healthy Andrew Luck is going to be much different than we saw last year, and those running backs might have a decent year um it's just which one's better i think i give the slight edge to Hines moving down the road but obviously both options i think are worth the pickup in your fantasy if you have the roster spot if it is wide receiver you're looking at um likely kenny stills is probably gone but if you're in a shallow league or if some people don't pay attention and know who Steels is, I think Steels is a top option this week in waiver wire options. Um, if Steels is gone, uh, look at Chris Godwin. You can look at John Brown, Mike Williams of the Chargers, Kenny Galladay. We'll see him tonight against the Jets. The Detroit Lions love Galladay, and it would be interesting on how they use him in that offense. Right now he's the number three option, but they're saying he possibly could be that number two option there in Detroit. So it'll be interesting on what he does tonight. Brandon Marshall, once... Uh, uh, Doug Baldwin went out. Marshall proved that he is still a football player. He's still a baller in that offense, and 
the Marshall could be an, a player that could take over for Baldwin while his time's out. And Marshall's a player that we that we relied on in the past. Yes, he's getting up there in age, but he can still play football. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars receivers, D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole. Um, last week it was Keelan Cole as the top option. I think D.D. Westbrook is the better option moving forward. Uh, you can look at John Ross of the Bengals, Geronimo Allison. He's a player that I'm looking at, but only if Rodgers is the quarterback there. If Rodgers is out for whatever reason, if that knee injury is worse than it is, I don't think I'll pick up Allison because I don't know how much of an impact he'll have without Rodgers throwing him the ball. But with Rodgers, I love Allison uh, long-term this season as a player that could help your team, especially in those bye weeks. And a couple rookies, DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers and Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. I think both of them are options that can see some – some nice nice games this season help you out like I said in a, in a bye week maybe down the road when you see when you have an injury you can insert one of those two in there and I think both players are worth the roster spot obviously as we move forward if you're looking for tight ends George Kittle looked great yesterday Jonu Smith Ian Thomas Ricky Seals Jones Will Disley and Eric Ebron are a few other options you can look at moving forward at the tight end position um, I, you know my my rule on quarterbacks and defensives. I, I never target either one of those high. If you don't have an Aaron Rodgers, you don't have a Tom Brady, if you don't have one of the top-tiered quarterbacks, you might be looking to stream your quarterback. I'm not a streaming quarterback. I do like to take a quarterback in the middle of rounds that I can rely on most of the season, but there are a lot of people that like to stream quarterbacks. A few options you can look at. You can look at the Broncos, Case Keenum, matchup against the Oakland Raiders at home. Looks good. You can look at Alex Smith. Um, now the Redskins, they head to Pittsburgh to play a Pittsburgh team that I'm not sold on their defense. Look at Nick Foles if he's starting again this week at Tampa Bay. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky looked good last night against the Packers in the first half at least. He plays a Seattle team that allowed Keenum to light them up on offense. Um, that defense isn't the same defense that we've seen in the past. And you can look at Tyrod Taylor at the Saints. Um, Saints last year were a great defense. But this year, it seems like maybe, just maybe, that old defense is going to be going back to the old school of high shootouts there in New Orleans. And keep an eye on Sam Darnold tonight. If Darnold looks decent tonight, I think he has a good matchup next week against the Miami Dolphins. But I want to see what he looks like tonight against the Detroit Lions to see if he's worth the uh, pickup. Uh, right now, I'd probably hold off. Just like I said, I want to see what it looks like. And But but if he looks decent, if he looks like he can sling the ball, looks like he's an, a, a pretty good player early, that might be a worth the roster move to start him against the Miami Dolphins. Um, as I talked about earlier before the season, defensive streaming is the way I was going to go for the majority of my leagues. I think of my seven leagues, I drafted one elite defense. I think I took the Rams one out of my seven teams. Beyond that, I went with streaming a defense. And there's some great options this week if you have one of those streaming defensive teams. Uh, you have the Chicago Bears taking on the Seahawks team. You have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens playing each other. I think both defenses are fine options. You have the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans playing each other. I think both defenses are worth it in there. And then you have the New Orleans Saints against the Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons against the Carolina Panthers. There's some decent options that are likely one of those teams are available in your league. Pick them up, start them, and move on to the next week. We can also look at a few things that we learned yesterday. Um, I was talked about the weather there in Cleveland, and the weather didn't seem to be as bad as it was first predicted to be. I didn't start many players in in Cleveland in that Cleveland game just because of the weather. If I had a Juju Smith-Schuster, it would have been hard to bench him, but I still probably would have. Would have been something that would have probably cost me. And if I if if you bench someone on my 
my thoughts. It's truly how I felt. Uh, that wind, I don't. I, the, the downfield passing game is tough to throw in that wind. Weather wasn't as bad as I originally thought it was going to be. But then again, th- those are the kind of gambles you take. You kind of uh, plant your flag where you're going to be. And the weather was an issue that I did not want to attack yesterday. Uh, a few other things that I looked at. Tyreek Hill. I think he's pretty fast for a uh, for a NFL player. Obviously, um, last year we knew how fast this guy was. And this year, did he get faster? Who knows? But before we even sat down, it seems like they were up two scores. He had two 50-yard touchdown. 50-yard-plus touchdowns before we even sat down and had our drinks, had our food, got ready to watch the Chargers-Chiefs game. seemed like the, the, the game was already 14-0, and Hill already had surpassed his value as a DFS and season-long player. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I think the guy's going to be okay at this whole football thing. What looked to be a season-ending injury turned out to be an injury that he just sat out the first half, came out in the second half, probably got some good drugs to uh, cortisone shots to – make him not feel that pain during the game. Probably is feeling pretty sore this morning, but he came in, led his team back from a 20 to nothing deficit, and what was a game that the Bears looked like they had in cruise control turned out to be a loss for those Chicago Bears, and Bears fans everywhere are probably not happy this morning watching Rodgers do what he does best. Super Rodgers was excellent, and I th- hopefully he's fine for the future because Aaron Rodgers, even if you're not a, Pack- a Packers fan, he is a fun player to watch just as a football fan, period. Um, everybody was all over Keelan Cole as a top target there in Jacksonville. But Westbrook last year was a darling. So what happened? I think a lot of people just got caught up and they wanted to go a different route and everybody was stuck on Keelan Cole. But Westbrook, like I said, he was a darling last year. So did a lot really happen from last year to this year? Why wasn't Westbrook talked more about? And I think now we're starting to see that that offense, personally, I probably won't have any options of those receivers there just because I'm not a fan of Bortles as the quarterback. So that's going to take me off of Cole, Westbrook, and even um, Moncrief there in Jacksonville. The Saints proved to us that streaming a defense is probably the way to go. What was one of the best defenses last year, they got shredded by a journeyman quarterback at home in a game that they probably should have won handedly, but their defense gave up points and yards in bunches. And it's probably a game that if you play in those eliminator pools, you may be sitting out right now because you took the New Orleans Saints because they had one of the safest picks on the board. But that's why they play the games on Sunday. And that's why I talked about uh, streaming a defense on a weekly basis just because the Saints proved that. I mean, they may have been great last year, but there's not a guarantee they're going to be great this year. Uh, Speaking of that journeyman quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like he can be a bi-week replacement if he continues to keep that job. And there's no guarantee Jameis Winston's going to take it back once he gets back from suspension. Um, Fitzpatrick has, has been one of those players that doesn't is nothing special, nothing electric, nothing fantastic about Fitzpatrick's game. But it seems like when it's all said and done, he has decent numbers. He keeps his team in games, and that's what he did yesterday in New Orleans, which I was very impressed by the way he played, the way that offensive played. Obviously, I'm not going to start Fitzpatrick on a weekly basis, but I think he is something to keep an eye on moving forward, especially if he keeps that job. He's a great option for a bi-week replacement or your quarterback goes down. If he keeps that job in Tampa Bay, we've seen yesterday that he can put up numbers to give you wins in your fantasy leagues. 
And the Bengals talked about Joe Mixon being the top dog and the workhorse in that offense, and then it got a little quiet and we didn't hear a whole lot about it. That was the case there in Cincinnati as he was the workhorse and he put up a monster game yesterday. I think moving forward, he is that RB1 that I thought he was going to be, that some thought he was going to be, but a little scared to draft him because of that. If you were smart enough and took... Um, Mixon as a RB1. I think you're smiling this morning and saying, okay, I got a, a great value in Mixon. One thing to be careful for is this week. Don't get too down on him. Obviously, he has a game against a great Baltimore defense. I think Baltimore can uh, hold him in check this Thursday, especially being on a short week. But moving forward beyond that, I think we can trust Mixon as an RB1, and I think this offense is going to be better than people think. And we're going to we're going to see a lot of players in this offense that are going to help teams win on a weekly basis, starting with Mixon and AJ Green there in Cincinnati. And so that'll that'll take care of the season long part of this podcast. Like I said, I, I hope you are either winning your game or have a shot of winning your game with a few points here and there in tonight's two games. And if you lost this week, don't worry. There's always next week. You're 0-1. Big deal. There's another game next week. Get back on that winning winning track next week, and let's uh, get those wins starting to roll this week and next week. Now let's talk about the DFS uh, part of things. If you play over at DraftKings, you're likely going to be looking at the two-game slate, $5 buy-in. I think it's $200,000 to first place. I know I could use that kind of money. I, I don't know about you, but uh, $200,000 would be, would be really nice right about now for a opening weekend football. Look in your account and see 200000 six figures in your account would be very nice to look at. So if you're playing the game tonight, um, we're looking at the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets, and we got the Rams against the Raiders. Obviously, everybody is going to be playing Todd Gurley. That's a given, and I think if you're playing tonight, you follow suit and play Gurley. I don't think he's worth the fade. There's a lot of times you want to look for someone to fade that's going to be highly owned. I think Gurley is not the way to go tonight. You need to have Gurley in your team. If you don't have Gurley in your lineup, I think there's no chance for you to even cash. There's not a chance for you to win the tournament, not even probably cash. So Gurley is going to be a, a starting point. Put Gurley in, go with the rest of the team, and make your team different elsewhere. A uh, place you can look at is at quarterback. Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford probably going to be very highly owned for the, between the two of them. Look at someone like Sam Darnold or Derek Carr. Um, both players are going to be playing from behind, likely big and early. So that means they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, which may turn into interceptions, but it also could be yards. You're going to rack up. You're going to rack up completions. You're going to rack up, hopefully, touchdowns. And that's that's the way I'm probably going to look at it. I'm going to make my team different by using a couple Darnells, using a couple cars, but keeping the Gurleys and the Marshawn Lynches, that, those kind of players that are going to be fairly chalk in my team, just making my quarterback a little different. Uh, the game flow of the game is going to be looking, for, in that Oakland game, is going to look at Amari Cooper. I have him as a top 10, top 5 court receiver this year, and I think he proved it tonight with the game flow. Remember, just because it's garbage time points doesn't mean it doesn't count. Garbage, garbage points in the fourth quarter count just like they do in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter. Those points that you get late in the game um, when you're way behind in whether you're, whether you're not going to be able to win or not, those points and yards count just the same as early in the game. Uh, with Oakland likely getting down early and fast, I think Cooper's going to eat in garbage time late in the second half and get those points that are going to help you hopefully jump to the top of those leaderboards and maybe, just maybe, take home six figures over on DraftKings. That's the podcast. It's... Um, it was, it's been a fun week one, saw some injuries, saw some great games, 
probably had some cries, had some laughs. If you lost, you may shed a tear week one. But remember, there's week two. Let's get back on the winning games, winning, winning ways next week if you didn't do it this week. And if you did win this week, let's push that winning streak to two next week. Um, last week I had my game-by-game breakdown free for everybody. This week it'll go into a premium article. And I hope, just hope, that I helped you win your weeks and will help you win moving forward and take down your championships. It's the genius. Have a good day. Bye. It is championship weekend. Many season-long leagues having their Super Bowl this upcoming week, week 16. But we have a little extra to talk about today. We have a big Monday night football game that likely will have plenty of outcomes outcomes decided in your season-long leagues as the New Orleans Saints take on the Carolina Panthers. Plenty of Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton teams looking to move on or maybe you are looking to avoid a point here, point there from those kind of players. Maybe you're looking at hopefully having an average game from those kind of players. Maybe you need a monster game from one of those players. There's going to be plenty going on tonight. As not only is it a good Monday Night Football game, there's plenty of season-long fantasy league games. The outcome will be decided after tonight's game for a chance to play in your season-long Super Bowl. That's right, Week 16, many Super Bowls playing that week. If you're still in one of those Week 17 Super Bowls, get your commissioner to change that. You don't want to have Week 17 as your Super Bowl. There's too many things that can happen, too many players sitting because the team has nothing more to play for. They have a first-round bye. They're out of the playoffs. They're looking at younger talent. Get your commissioner to change the Super Bowl from week 17 to week it's week 16 where it de- deserves to be at because teams are still playing for stuff. You don't have to worry about your big-name players, players that got you to the Super Bowl sitting in week 16 like you do in week 17. But before we talk about week 16, we need to talk about week 15. We need to talk about injuries that occurred. We need to talk about some some duds that hopefully you avoided. And if you did avoid, hopefully you're still able to pull out the victory with a game here, game there from some of the other players on your team. Today on the podcast, we will talk about those injuries that occurred in week 15. We'll talk about the inactives, big-name players that didn't suit up in a time where you definitely needed them, players that likely put you in this position, didn't suit up, didn't play for you in week 15, so you needed to find someone from your waiver wire. Speaking of waiver wires, we'll give you a couple different options in waiver wire. This is a time of year where we don't have to go against your entire team unless you're in a dynasty or a keeper league. The waiver wire pickups are a lot easier to happen now because you're going against one, two, three teams, depending on what what round of the playoffs you're in. You're not going against everybody in your league. But if you're in a dynasty league or you're in a keeper league, make sure you're still active in those waiver wires. Even though your season's over with this year, you can always play for next year in those keeper dynasty leagues. So stay with those active. Be active in the waiver wire. Be active if you're in the Super Bowl and you, even though your team is set, make sure you're active in the waiver wire. Keep your opponent from getting a player that can 
can come back and maybe bite you and beat you in the Super Bowl, therefore giving your opponent the trash-talking ability for the entire offseason. That's right. We look forward to this weekend because we want to be the team that beat out the rest of our league, the eight, the nine, the ten different owners that are in our league, the 11 owners. If you're in a 10-man team, if you're in a 12-man team, you're beating out nine or 11 different players, different of your friends. You want to have that trash-talking ability. You want to be able to put your own fantasy football dynasty together. This is how it begins. This is how it is. If you're brand new to fantasy football, one thing I can always tell you is be active in the waiver wire all year long. Make sure you're always looking at players to pick up. You never know when injuries can happen. You, we would have never known a month ago that Odell Beckham would be sitting out the first two rounds of the playoffs. If you were able to pick up a receiver earlier this year and keep him on your bench, you're sitting much better than playing the panic button and trying to find an Odell Beckham replacement the week it happens. You always want to be active in the waiver wire no matter how your team looks no matter where you're sitting at and if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league always 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 no matter what if you're knocked out of the playoffs this year you're always looking forward to the future keep up with those waiver wires that's how you win your season-long leagues this week on the podcast, we will talk about those injuries. We will talk about some duds that happened this past weekend. We will talk about the one-game slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. That's right. Once again, they have some life-changing money up for grabs. First place on both sides being six figures. That's right, six figures right around Christmas time. Money that I know I could use. I'm, I'm guessing you probably feel the same way. If you woke up tomorrow morning with a nice chunk of change in your bank account because you won the the DraftKings or the FanDuel GPP. I know you'd feel, I, I would feel nice. I'm guessing you would feel the same way. So let's try to see if we can be contrarian. Let's see if we can find a way to get that perfect lineup on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Because if I can't win it, hopefully one of you guys can out there. Let's go on ahead and jump right into the podcast. Let's talk about those inactives and those injuries that occurred in week 15, the semifinals for many season-long fantasy football leagues. The inactives, players that didn't even suit up, and likely players that were many players that were a key to where you got to this point. Hopefully, you're able to avoid those injuries. And if you had those injuries, hopefully, you're able to find somebody like a Justin Jackson that's filled in on uh, for the uh, for the Chargers or a Damian um, uh, the the kid from Kansas City, drawing a blank on his name. You hope you're able to pick up one of those players that um, Damian Williams. You, Damian Williams, that's his name. I was drawing a blank on his name. Hope you're able to pick one of those players up. Had a nice, solid game, especially in in a time where. Damian Williams likely wasn't um, picked up in many leagues until that happened. If you are working the wave wire, then you had a chance to pick him up, and he was a game-changing player in your semifinal matchup. We saw Carson Wentz. We saw LaShawn McCoy, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Rashad Penny, Deshaun Jackson, Odell Beckham, Jordan Reed, big-name players that were keys to many season-long leagues heading into the season, not suit up in the semifinals of your matchups. We also saw Aaron Jones, Frank Gore, Josh Adams, and Todd Gurley get hurt in their games. Luckily for the Todd Gurley owners, sounds like his injury isn't as as big as it may have sounded last night. We saw him leave early and saw his knee getting looked at. And sure, it sounds like he's questionable for this upcoming week, but it sounds like he's more likely to play than not, which is very great news for Todd Gurley owners, if you made it to the Super Bowl or if you have a shot at making the Super Bowl, you don't want to have Gurley sitting on a bench when you definitely need him most. 
And if you did have the injury bug bite you, um, so what, what are some options that you can look at for a waiver wire this pickup? Like I said, unless you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, and this is your week of Super Bowl, you're only going against one other owner. So even if you don't need the player on your team, but you have a bench spot and you see that your opponent has a hole on the hole on his team, make sure you put a claim in for the waiver wire options. You want to make sure you're playing defense this time of the year instead of letting your opponent get a player that can maybe come back and beat you in the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden he has the trash-talking ability all offseason where you want to have that ability to be able to tell everybody that you are the best in your league. You are the best team. No one can beat you. This is why we want to win our Super Bowls. This is what we strive for back in August when we draft our teams. Back in July when we're researching our, um, our draft picks. Back in September when the games start. We're looking forward to this time of the year where we are having our Super Bowls on the line. Hopefully you're playing in the Super Bowl. Hopefully you pull out the victory and then all of a sudden you have the trash-talking ability all year long throughout the offseason until the next year's draft is over where you have a brand new team. You have the trash-talking ability over anybody else in your league because you are the best team out there in 2018. Every week we put together a Monday morning water cooler. Um, it's a premium article on the site. talks about our, the injuries that occurred this past weekend. It talks about waiver wire options. talks about streaming defenses, streaming quarterbacks. It's a premium article, $5 a week, $29.99 for the entire season. So what are some options that I'm looking at for the running back situation? Um, I'm guessing that both these players are gone in your leagues, and if they are not gone, something is wrong with your league because they are two names that have been talked about plenty over the last couple weeks, and both players put up decent, all, all these players put up good games this past weekend. Jalen Samuels, Justin Jackson, those kind of players um, – if they're available, definitely pick them up. And if they, are, if they are available, I have no idea what your league is doing. They should have been gone a long time ago. This is why you try to look at, look at the future. If you hear that Melvin Gordon has, a, has an injury, find out who the backup is and maybe put in a claim before he gets hurt or before we find out that he's going to be out. This way you don't have to worry about the waiver wires. But like I said, if Justin Jackson or Jalen Samuels are available, they are automatically a pickup. I don't care if you need them or not, pick them up, but I'm guessing they are not available on your team. So I'm looking at someone, maybe taking a look at Latavius Murray. Um, t- take a look at Royce Freeman. Now that the Denver Broncos are out of the playoffs, are they going to want to continue this workload that they're giving to their uh, undrafted running back that is having a monster year a Philip Lindsay has had a fantastic year. Are they going to want to continue to have, have him putting up the uh, carries right now, or are they going to want to get a look at Royce Freeman for the future to see if – because remember, at the beginning of the year, coming into the season, Royce Freeman was considered the starting running back for the offense. Philip Lindsay had a great start in training camp, had a great start to the year, and all of a sudden the roles reversed. But now are we going to start to see a little more out of Royce Freeman? He's a, he's a name that I'm going to look at just to keep on my roster, and especially if I'm in a keeper league or a dynasty league, I'm making sure Freeman's on my roster because I still think he has a shot of being something in the future for this offense, especially with the new coaching staff. Maybe they get back to the, um, as, as I feel they can be, I think the Freeman and Lindsey can be the generic version of a Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram with a new coaching staff that can do a little more with the running game than this current staff has been able to do in Denver. Couple different options at wide receiver, as we talked about. Cortland Sutton, I think, is still a, a great pickup. He's not going to do anything for you this week. I don't think he, he's someone that we can't rely on um, moving forward. Same thing with Traquan Smith. We're going to see him tonight. 
he has a very uh, limited role with the New Orleans Saints, but I think both players, especially if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league, both players have a lot to offer moving forward as we look forward to maybe the 2019 season. Um, Cortland Sutton likely will be the number one option in Denver. Traquan Traquan Smith might have a little more impact um, in the future as well. And a little little sneak peek on what's going to happen tonight. I think Traquan Smith is in for a nice game tonight. So if you need an emergency filler for tonight's game because um, you don't feel comfortable with the roster yet, or maybe you need to have a, um, a lottery ticket kind of, kind of play because you're down by a lot tonight and, and you don't have one of the superstar teams, Traquan Smith is a player that I think can maybe catch a couple long balls, maybe can catch three passes for over 100 yards and a couple scores because he is the deep threat on this offense, and the Carolina Panthers do give up a – a lot of points to um, those kind of receivers moving forward. But, again, we'll talk about that more when we talk about the one-game slate over on DraftKings and FanDuel. Those are a couple different ways I'm looking at, at uh, keeper leagues, dynasty leagues for the waiver wires um, pickups this upcoming week. At tight end, same thing with tonight's game. No Greg Olson. Ian Thomas is a guy that I'm looking at in my keeper leagues, in my dynasty leagues, about a player that I might want to have on my roster if he's not already on there for the future and not right now. If you're looking for right now, C.J. Uzma, Uz, Uzma is still a player that I think can have an impact, um, can still do stuff for you if you need a, a tight end for the Super Bowl. If you're in the Super Bowl and you need a tight end, I think, I think he still can have a uh, minimal impact. He's not going to do anything fancy. Same thing with Vance McDonald. I think with that offense, we've seen that Vance McDonald can, can do stuff in that offense, even with Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown being the number one options in the passing game and with the, the Steelers uh, calling up. They're the wide receiver that's been out for most of the year. I think Vance McDonald still has an impact. He can still catch a couple, couple balls and maybe get in the end zone. If you need emergency help for your Super Bowl, those are a couple names I'm looking at for my season-long leagues, only if you're in a Super Bowl. I'm not looking at either one of those for uh, Dynasty or, or, or Keeper Leagues. I think I'm just going to be looking at – Ian Thomas is, is about the only name that I'm looking at for a tight end position outside the stars and the studs um, for Dynasty or um, Keeper Leagues. If you've been playing the streaming at the quarterback or streaming a defense all year long and now you've gotten to the Super Bowl and you need a chance to maybe you, you have a bad matchup, maybe you have a uh, Aaron Rodgers who you don't know if he's going to be able to play, maybe he's not going to play the whole game with the Packers being eliminated. Um, a couple of names I'm looking at for streaming a quarterback is I'm looking at Dak Prescott as for a bounce back game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The entire Cowboys offense struggled yesterday against the Colts. I think a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in a game that they must win now that we've seen the Eagles um, get back into the hunt for that division. The Cowboys are in must must win, and I think that happens. Um, I think the entire offense goes off this week, and I think we see good games out of Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. I think everybody shows up against the Buccaneers, and they put up a nice number on Sunday against the Bucs. We're going to also look at Mitchell Trubisky against San Francisco 49ers. With the Rams' loss last night, the Bears are in contention for a possible first-round bye, which will be big for this team, which means that they'll be playing at least one game and maybe they don't. Have, maybe they can play both games if somehow the uh, the top seed gets. And, and there's still there's still a chance they can possibly get the top seed too. Um, but that make that means that the Bears, with the chance of maybe getting that first round by, they're going to be playing for everything in a game against the San Francisco Forty ers I think this Bears offense can maybe put up a nice little number on, on the road against the Forty ers in a game that maybe if the Forty ers can somehow score a few points here and there, maybe they have to rely on the passing game a little more. As the Bears are much better 
defense at home. Yes, they're a great defense on the uh, all in all, but as we saw yesterday for San Francisco against a underrated Seattle defense, they put up a nice number against that defense. I, obviously, the Bears are a much better defense, but that doesn't mean that Mitchell Trubisky can't have a solid game on the road against the 49ers. Speaking of defense, if you're looking to have a stream, looking to stream a defense, look at the Tennessee Titans against the Washington Redskins, or that same Dallas Cowboys defense against Tampa Bay. We've seen that offense throw pr- plenty of picks. Yes, they get plenty of yards. Yes, they score points. But that offense allows sacks, allows turnovers, and I think the Cowboys can get a couple turnovers, handful of sacks, and put up a solid number at home against the Buccaneers offense. This past weekend, we saw some major duds, some big-name players um, that you were hoping would be able to carry you to your Super Bowl. Hopefully, you were able to withstand the duds that we saw out of the Amari Coopers, the Adam Thielens, the Saquon Barkleys, the Tyreek Hills, and the early injury to Keenan Allen. He was a player that likely had a lot of people were looking forward to um, what he can do in that high-scoring shootout against the Chiefs. Well, he got hurt early, didn't come back, and now he's questionable moving forward. I'm guessing if you have Allen on your team, you didn't make it on because you can't. usually you can't withstand a zero in your lineup. But if you're able to somehow move on to the next round, now we've got to keep an eye on, that, on the uh, injury report and see how Allen moves forward because it sounds like he is questionable for Week 16. And over on DraftKings, before we get done with the Week 15 matchups, we have one more game to go. That's right, we have the New Orleans Saints heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers in a big game for both teams. The Panthers are fighting for their playoff hopes, and the Saints are that much closer to getting home field advantage. And if you have the Saints at home in the playoffs, they're going to be very hard to beat, so they're going to definitely want to get that home field advantage. So both teams, I think, are going to have a solid game. I think this is a game that we can see a fairly sneaky, not, not really sneaky, but we can see a lot of points, and we can see a shootout between Drew Brees and the Saints and Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Yes, Newton has the bum shoulder, but that doesn't mean he can't put up a good, num- a good nice number. And DraftKings and FanDuel have their mega one game slates up again. That's right, over on DraftKings for $10 entry fee, they have the... $1 million prize pool, $250,000 to first place. That's right, life-changing six-figure money that anybody can use. I'm guaranteeing I don't care what you make in a year. That's some li- that is some life-changing money that anybody could use, especially this time of year where we have Christmas around the corner. you got to buy those last few Christmas presents that you've been hunting for. Who wouldn't like to see a nice, nice number put in their bank account from a Monday night football game? And over on FanDuel, for a $9 entry fee, they have a six-figure uh, top prize, $100,000, $555,000 in total prize money. Again, six figures, nice money for anybody to take home. And if, if we can be, But the only thing about this is that you have to be contrarian. You're beating out thousands and thousands of people. Over on, it's, uh, you're beating out 73,000-plus people on FanDuel, and you're beating out 117,000-plus over on DraftKings. The difference between the two sites is DraftKings, you're paying one and a half times the salary for your captain spot, where on, but you also get one and a half times the points, where on FanDuel, the salaries are salaries, you're not getting penalized for the salaries, but you're, you also have an MVP spot that gets one and a half times the salary, so you want to make sure you get the, put the best player on FanDuel 
which makes DraftKings mean a little more easier to be contrarian because if you want to get all the superstars, maybe you find someone that is very contrarian, very cheap that you can put in the captain spot and then hope that maybe they get in the end zone once or twice. And I'm still going to go to the, go to the hole. I've been talking about him all year for these, these, these podcasts when, they, when we talk about the one-game slates. I'm still going to, going to the well with Taysom Hill. I still think he has a shot of one of those two-touchdown games. And this game, Drew Brees on the road. We know he can. We know he can struggle on the road. So does that mean that when they get inside the five, are they going to put in the hill a little more often than they have in the past? I don't know. But if we can get one or two touchdowns out of Hill, and maybe we have him in the captain spot, all of a sudden you're jumping across a bunch of people because you're able to get the Drew Breeses, the Cam Newtons, the Christian McCaffreys, where a lot of people are getting three. Uh, between two and four of those star players, if you play someone like Taysom Hill in the captain spot, all of a sudden you get maybe three or four or five of those stars in your lineup. That's the way I'm looking at being contrarian. If you're looking to just make a roster, my favorite captain spot player is either Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas over on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, I'm likely going to be using either Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey in the MVP spot. Because like I said, on, on FanDuel, you're not getting penalized for the point for the salary beast, so it's going to be salary no matter what. And I want the best two players. I think tonight's game, I think McCaffrey and Kamara are the best players in this offense. And you can be a little more contrarian by maybe taking a, instead of going with a very popular Michael Thomas or a very popular Drew Brees or Cam Newton, maybe fill out the rest of your team with a Traquan Smith or Mark Ingram. Over on FanDuel, you want those uh it's not, it's not a full PPR league, so you want those. They're very much more touchdown dependent, and they're also you want those big play abilities. Like I said, Traquan Smith is their deep threat. I think he has a shot of maybe one, maybe two sh- chances of going deep. And if Drew Brees can hit him on a couple long balls and he gets both those in the end zone, all of a sudden you get someone that people aren't very high on in the game. And maybe, maybe if you want to be really contrarian, maybe take a chance and put in Traquan into the MVP spot. And maybe, maybe just maybe he gets two of those long balls, catches four passes for 100 and some yards and two touchdowns. And all of a sudden, maybe McCaffrey and Kamara have average gains for who they are. And all of a sudden, you're leaping a bunch of people that have those players in the captain spot where you're getting a similar amount of points from Traquan Smith because he catches a couple deep, deep bombs. That's how I'm looking to be contrarian on both sides. Like I said, for the price of a lunch, you have a chance at six figures. It's a very fun, but it's a lottery ticket. It's a very fun uh, thing that they do every week. DraftKings is a lot easier to be contrarian than over on FanDuel. But both sites offer that life-changing money. Good luck if you're playing it. Good luck if you have somebody available tonight that you need to either fade or have score points for you. Hopefully you can make it to your championship game next week where we look to, home, look to take home the trophies in our season-long leagues. And if you've not followed us over on Twitter, please give us a follow. We are at FansportsGenius. And over on Instagram, we are FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And if you have not checked out our website for your DFS and season-long needs, please give us a look. We are www.FantasyFootballGenius.com, where winning isn't everything. It's the genius thing. Good luck in your matchups. Hopefully we see you in the championship. Hopefully we're all talking about how we can take home our trophies. We can take home the cash, and we can have the trash-talking ability for the rest of the offseason. Good luck. Have a great night, and we will see you later this week. Bye-bye. The big game is here. Super Bowl 53 is upon us. That's right. The Patriots, the Rams. Who's going to come down with the victory? Who's going to be raising that trophy over their heads come Sunday night? 
We'll talk about that and more in the podcast today. But before we get going on the podcast, let's give our shout-out to Tyler Beckford over there on Instagram. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the follow. Thank you for the likes of our uh, stuff over there. Hopefully we've made you a better uh, fantasy football owner. And that's our, that's our goal here. Um, our first year, we wanted to make as many people better players, both on DFS and season long. And hopefully we've done that. And keep those questions coming in. Just because it's the offseason, just because the season is over after Sunday, doesn't mean those questions stop. Keep those questions coming in. Feel free to ask uh, Dynasty League questions, keeper questions. If you have any kind of strategy questions for DFS, if you have a question on, do you think my, my team should take this player here, I'm more than happy to answer those kind of questions. And maybe we'll have a little more time and we can get a little more of those questions um, in detail. Now the season's over, and we're kind of slowing down a little bit. But just as the offseason doesn't mean the, the, the game doesn't stop. We have OTAs. We have the draft. We have training camp. We have free agency. We have plenty of different steps that we're going to be looking at, with free agency being the first step that we're going to be looking at. Who's going, who's going where? Are we going to see any big trades happen? That's going to be the first step. Then we got the draft. Then we got OTAs. Then we got training camp. Before you know it, the season's starting up again. So keep those questions coming in. Um, keep them coming, and we'll uh, continue to make you better players the best we can. And we'll continue to get better as we continue to grow this brand over there on FantasyFootballGenius.com. And let's go on ahead and jump right into the um, the game itself, the Super Bowl 53, the matchups inside the matchups. Who do I think is going to win? Who do I think is going to be the MVP? We'll talk about that, but let's go on ahead and just jump in first on – the matchups. Who has the best ground game? Who has the best passing game? Who's best against the pass? Who do I give the edge to? Who do I? Can anybody stop Tom Brady? Can anybody stop Goff? Let's go on ahead and jump right into that and talk about it. If we're taking talking about the two ground games there in Los Angeles and in New England, I think if Todd Gurley is healthy, the edge goes to the uh, Rams, and that's one thing we have to keep an eye on. We got we got to wonder is is Todd Gurley healthy? Is he ready to go? He's had two weeks. I think he is. There's been a lot of speculation on is, is, was he hurt in that Saints game? Is that why he didn't get the touches? My personal opinion is I think that um, McVay just went with the hot hand. C.J. Anderson was running the ball well. They knew that they can continue to run the ball well against the Saints um, rush defense. And why take a chance on Gurley if he is hurt? Um, but the same thing is why take out a player that is running the ball well, getting uh, chunks of yards going here. And I think a lot of that also had to do with Gurley had a couple opportunities early in the game in the passing game where he dropped the ball. And maybe that was just um, McVay saying, okay, we're going to go more of C.J. Anderson running the ball than we are going to go with Gurley. But I don't think that's going to be able to happen here in this game here because the Patriots are a team. I don't think that you can um, – rely on someone like C.J. Anderson in this kind of game atmosphere here, especially if the Patriots jump out to an early lead. Gurley is much better uh, in the passing game than C.J. Anderson is. That's one thing that we, with the Rams you know is if C.J. Anderson is in the game, they're likely running the ball. But if Gurley's in the game, running it, passing, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. Gurley is involved in both ways, and I think we're going to see Gurley get back to his early season Gurley atmosphere. And hopefully for DFS, maybe we see Gurley's ownership drop down a little bit. So if, if Gurley's healthy, which I have no reason to think that he's not healthy, there's been no reports about him uh, with any kind of injury that he suffered late in the season affecting him. So if he's healthy, which I think he is, I think the Rams have the better running game. If we flip it over to the passing um, offenses on both sides of the ball, 
I think it's really close just because of, um, yes, the Rams might have more options in their offense in the passing game, but this is Brady we're talking about. This is Tom Brady, the GOAT of all GOATs, the best, maybe the best player ever to play the game. Um, there's one thing, about, one thing about the Patriots, and especially Brady, especially Belichick, one thing we do have to say is if you're not a fan of the Patriots, you likely hate the Patriots, you likely hate Tom Brady, you likely hate Bill Belichick. There's no in-between. You either love him or hate him. But one thing we all can say that we do have to do is we have to respect what this organization has done. Ever since these two have taken over the reins there in New England, this team has been a dominant force, especially with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together running things. It all began, we, we can maybe even say it all began in that Super Bowl where we saw Tom Brady um, have his, uh, maybe his coming out party in that Super Bowl. We saw Kurt Warner um, being the favorite in that game. And in the same matchup, the Rams versus the Patriots, the Rams were figured to win that game easily. But Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, prove that on any given Sunday they can win. And we didn't really know back then on how good this quarterback, this coach, this team really is. And now we know Tom Brady is the GOAT. Bill Belichick may be one of the GOATs, if not the GOAT coach. And no matter what kind of team they have with them, they're always going to be in contention, blend to plenty of big games, plenty of Super Bowls, plenty of championships. And here they are again. But let's... Uh, no more sidetrack. Let's go on and jump right into that passing game. I think of uh, of the two, I think it's a it's an, it's an even even slate for me. I think just because Tom Brady is Tom Brady and the options they have in, in Los Angeles in the passing game, I think it's an even passing options for both sides. If we flip it over on the defensive side of the ball, I think both rush defenses are are iffy at best. Um, yes, the Rams have two elite talents in the middle of the field in Sue and Donald, but they're much more involved in the passing game than they are in the rushing game. Sue's a little better at, against the run than he is, um, than, than Donald is, but we know Donald is a beast in the middle, especially disrupting the quarterback. Doesn't matter if you put one player, two player, three players, put all five on him. Donald's going to find a way to get through the hole, get through the, the line, and get to your quarterback. But we don't see Brady have those mistakes. We don't, we don't see Brady uh, turn the ball over much. Um, what, that, we do see that with Goff. He, he does throw, turn the ball over a little bit. So we talk about the pass defense on both sides of the ball. Um, I think the linebackers in New England are better on, are the better of the two, but I think the secondary in, in Los Angeles is better. And with the uh, experience that we have with uh, Tlaib over there and with Tlaib being healthy, I think he does a lot more for that defense than people think. And I think he was a big part of the when the Broncos lost him. I think the Broncos showed that they missed him more than people think they did. And especially when he went out earlier in the season for the Rams, we saw this defense be a little skeptical against the pass. Now that Tlaib's back, they've been a little, bit, uh, little better against the pass, but they still do give up big chunks of points. They still give up big chunks of yards. I think neither defense is going to be able to continue either offense. I think both offenses are going to get what they want, when they want, how they want. And I think we're going to see both offenses put up low to mid-30s with the winner of the game likely putting up upper to uh, low upper 30s to low 40s. I think there's going to be plenty of points, plenty of scores, and not very many punts happen in this game. If we talk about punts, I think we're going to maybe we might see one if we're lucky in this game, um, and that one if it's coming from the Rams, who knows if, if it's going to end up as a punt because we know that they do like to run the fake punt quite a bit there in Los Angeles. So if we talk about FanDuel and DraftKings, um, both sides have their single game slate. Um, it, they are monster slates this week. Um, 
FanDuel offering their it's $9.99 to get into, $2.5 million in entries. Um, uh, prizes one million up top for the top prize. DraftKings been a ten dollar entry fee, three million in total prizes. Again, one one winner, the top winner will be one million dollars. Richards, if if you do win it by yourself, more than likely you're gonna be splitting it with many other people. But six figures, five figures, seven figures, I don't care what it is. That's life changing money, money that I know many of us out there can use. Um, money that I, I guarantee I can use. I'm guessing you feel the same way. So we'll talk about how to be a little different on both sites. FanDuel's a little more uh, difficult to be different just because of the way they do their pricing over there. Yes, they have they have an MVP spot where DraftKings is a captain spot, but unlike DraftKings, um, the the prices don't matter on FanDuel. The MVP and the, and the flex are the same price, so you want to put your best player in the MVP spot. Where on DraftKings, you'd be a little more creative um, to get more of the star players. Maybe you take a, maybe you don't take the best player. Maybe you take a cheaper player to get more of the best players. So we're going to concentrate more on DraftKings, but a few ways that I'm looking at attacking the FanDuel, just to give you a quick idea for FanDuel if you're a FanDuel player, is I'm looking at the ground games and I'm looking at quarterbacks, and I'm likely not going to fade um, Sonny Michelle, and in every lineup, I'm likely going to have one or both quarterbacks just because this game is going to be high-scoring options. I'm likely going to have, I'm not going to have a lot of shares of Edelman or White. I think they're much more, they're better options in the PPR over there on DraftKings than they are on FanDuel. So I'm going to have more, I'm going to have more shares of Sonny Michelle on FanDuel than I will on DraftKings just because of the ground game. And a, a player like Brandon Cooks, player like uh, Chris Hogan, um, player like maybe Philip Dorsett, Josh Reynolds, they're big over there on FanDuel just because they're big play receivers. Yes, Hogan might only catch two passes, but those two passes might go for 80 yards and a, and a score or two. Those kind of players you you want on dra- on FanDuel more than you do on DraftKings. Yes, they're big on DraftKings, but if if on DraftKings you want players that are going to catch and get plenty of targets, the Edelmans, the Whites, the Cooks, the Robert Woods, the Gronks even, those kind of players there you want over there on DraftKings. So there, let's talk about different strategies, different um, kind of scenarios. Um, one thing you do want to do is you want to make sure that your game script that you're figuring out over there on DraftKings, or on FanDuel for that matter, um, fits. So if you're going to use a Edelman in the captain spot, or you're going to use a uh, Brandon Cooks or a Robert Woods or any kind of receiver in the captain spot, more than likely you're going to want to tar- you're going to want to pair him with his quarterback just because if Edelman's going to go off and catch 15 balls for um, uh, plenty of yards, if he's going to be the top scorer for the captain spot, he's likely going to have to get in the end zone a couple times at most, and 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 that way you're guaranteed to get unless it's a halfback pass or a uh, fake punt pass or whatever it is, Brady's going to be throwing those two passes to Edelman in, in that top spot. So if you're going Edelman, if you're going Cooks, if you're going Woods, whoever you're going to the captain spot, more than likely I'm going to pair him with his quarterback no matter what. You don't have to do that with Gurley or you don't have to do that with Sony Michelle. Um, you don't have to really have to do that. You, I, I think you do have to do that with James White. I don't, I don't see a way that James White has that monster game on the ground, um, I think it's going to be coming through the air. So if it's James White, I think you have to pair him with your quarterback. But if it's a Gurley, if it's Sonny Michelle, you don't have to pair him with your with your quarterbacks. Um, we we like to save money with our kickers and defenses. If you're playing cash games, I think kickers are big, um, just because they're 
with a high-scoring game, they're guaranteed points coming out of those kickers. But I don't think there's a lot of upside for kickers, so I don't know how much I'm going to have of, of uh, kickers. I might have one. I'm definitely not going to have two in my GPPs. Cash games, I think you can put both players, both kickers in for your cash games, and uh, that way you're also um, saving a little money. I'm not too interested in either defenses. I do like the Rams' defense, but the Patriots don't turn the ball over much. This is Tom Brady. He's not a uh, turnover-prone quarterback. And um, if I'm going to take a chance on a defense, um, I'm going to probably take the Patriots just because that is one thing Goff can do. He can turn the ball over. And if it's early in the game, we may see those those uh, the butterflies come out early. Maybe we see Goff throw an uh, interception or two. But for that upside, you need those interceptions to go for touchdowns. I don't know if there's going to be very many turnovers in this game. Hence, I don't think there's going to be very many defensive touchdowns, if any defensive touchdowns. Maybe you get one lucky one. But like I said, for you to get that upside of your defense, you're likely going to have to get that defensive touchdown. And I don't see that happening because I don't see very many turnovers happening in this game. Um, if you're going to be going with a quarterback <clears throat> in the captain spot, which I, I'm not very high on quarterbacks in the captain spot anyways, um, just because it's a PPR league. But if you do go with Goff or you do go with Brady in your captain spot, I think you absolutely must pair him with at least two of his options, if not three, because if Brady or Goff are going to be the top scoring um, player on the threat, they're going to have to spread the ball around to players, not throw it to one option. So if you have Brady and the captain and you only pair him with Edelman, more than likely for Brady to be the, the, the top scoring player on the slate, he's going to have to spread the ball over because if he's throwing it just to Edelman, that's going to make Edelman a much better play at the captain spot than it is Brady. So if you're going to go Brady, I think you pair him with two, maybe even three options, and then you run it back with one of the better options there in, in Los Angeles. Same thing with Goff. If you have Goff, I'm likely going to pair him with all three of his receivers and maybe fade Gurley if I'm doing that and hope the passing game is big and maybe, just maybe, that they continue to do the same thing and have C.J. Anderson be in the ball carry more than an option there. But one thing I do think that might happen is I think uh, Regency Bias is going to see, people are going to see C.J. Anderson have big games last two weeks and maybe he's going to be used more than I think he maybe he should be, which maybe uh, lowers ownerships to a point on Gurley. I think Gurley is going to be one of the better plays in this Super Bowl. And maybe with his ownership being down a little bit, maybe you over, uh, maybe play over the, 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 uh, the amount of other people playing um, Todd Gurley. I'm going to have overexposure to Todd Gurley just because I think he is the best player in this, in this game. I think Gurley is one of the players that you can rely on maybe getting in the end zone two, three times. Maybe he catches the ball eight, nine times and also runs the ball for over 100 yards. All of a sudden, you have a monster game from Gurley. We've seen it in the past. We've seen it early in the game season. We've seen it plenty in the early in the season. Gurley put up monster stats. If we click on his box score earlier this year, we saw him put up 25-plus multiple times. As a matter of fact, the first eight weeks, he had 25-plus, nearly nearly 30 every single week. Um, he, had, uh, he just put up monster numbers early. And I think what's been happening recently is he's coming off of that injury. Is he's been getting a little time to get back into the, the hang of things, getting back in shape. Um, and then we've seen C.J. Anderson run the ball well, so they've been able to not go with Gurley. And he had a little uh, struggles early in the game against the Saints, and that's what that's what I think uh, essentially happened with with Gurley. That's why he didn't get as much play because he missed a couple balls. But this is the game that could very easily see the Patriots jump out early, 
If that happens, we don't see much C.J. Anderson. We see plenty more Gurley. We see plenty more of the passing attack. And that's the way I'm going to attack this, this game. I think I'm going to go passing attack on both sides of the ball. And if I'm going an onslaught of one team or the other, I'm likely going to make the captain spot, the captain spot, the sole player from the other team. I can see a way that maybe um, you put Todd Gurley as your captain and you fill all your flexes with Patriots. That's the way that I might look at it. I may even look at uh, Brandon Cooks at my captain spot and go uh, Jared Goff at my flex and then run the other four as just Patriots there as well. Um, but that, that's the way I'm, I'm looking at doing it. Uh, if you're going to do multiple options, maybe you do a little, maybe you do a, a, a Rams blowout, then you do a Patriots blowout, then maybe you do a close game. Just, I, I think this is the kind of tournament that you're not going to be able to win with one single matchup. I think you're going to have to play at least two, three, four, five, um, probably double digits. Uh, if you can afford the um, max entry of 150, I think that's the, that's the way to attack this split slate because there's so many different options away. And we know the players that are going to get the ball in New England and Rams. It's not like other, other uh, showdown slates where we saw – uh, the lower players get ball here and there. We do see the Patriots um, kind of give the ball to someone out of the ordinary, out of the blue. And one option I, that I can maybe see uh, myself doing is taking someone like James Devlin and making him my captain and getting all the offensive power that I can in flexes and spending very, very, very little at captain to be able to make sure I get all the other options there on the uh, this high-scoring offensive affair in New England and Rams. My prediction for the game itself, I think the Patriots keep it close. Maybe they, they have a lead late in the game, but I think at the end of the game, it's going to be the Rams getting the victory. We see McVay raising the trophy, and I think the MVP of the game is going to be Todd Gurley. I think Gurley is in for a monster game. I'm predicting three scores from Gurley and over 100 yards in both the rush and passing game. I think Gurley is in for a monster game. I think we're going to see the early season girly come out in this season here if we flip it on the other side of the ball i think rob gronkowski is gonna have a monster game as well i'm gonna have plenty of shares of gronkowski and Gurley as my captain and i may go 100 percent of both in all my lineups just because i think they're both in for monster spots i think gronkowski has shown signs that he's ending his career his career is coming to an end the physical nature of this of this sport has finally caught up to him but I think Gronkowski going to go out with a major, major bang. I can see Gronkowski in an end zone once, maybe even twice this week. And I could see close to double-digit receptions, over 100 yards. I think it's going to be old-style Gronk, new-style Gurley. And I think it's going to be the Rams coming out on top, 41-38. to Give me the Rams in a monster shootout, being one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in a while. And I think we're going to have a fun time watching this game. Hopefully you had a great season. Hopefully you had a fantastic um, playoffs. Hopefully you are looking forward to the next season. Before you know it, the season is going to be jumping upon us again. We're going to see the drafts coming up. We're going to see the uh, Dynasty League coming up. Like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to drop me a note. I'll get those questions answered. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at FansportsGenius. And over on Instagram, we are FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore Drop us a line, drop us a question. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us on Dynasty, on Season Long, on DFS. Any kind of questions you have, we'll, free, we'll answer those questions. And good luck in your matchups this weekend. And we will talk to you down the road. Hopefully, 
one of us can take down these big prize pools over on DraftKings and FanDuel. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a great week. Have a great offseason if we don't talk to you before the next season. And we will see you all later. Goodbye.